Hey, what is up, people? This is episode 268. This episode, I am affectionately calling the ratings killer. That's right. You know what that means. That means pro wrestling talk. That means a lot of sports talk. That means a little bit of Cardinals and Blues talk, which would fall under the category of sports talk. But more importantly, it's just Tom and I catching up because I haven't seen him in a while, it feels like. Um, but hey, you know what? Like I told us at the end of this episode and what you may hear on the soundbite, I feel like all in all, it's a B-minus episode. Is it our A game? No. But do we talk about things we want to talk about? Yes. Hopefully some of you might find some of that at least enlightening or entertaining. If not, I don't give a shit. Just rate, subscribe, share, give us a thumbs down, make a comment, make it bad. I don't care. I just want you to comment or do something. Either way, you can listen to it right after the bomb, which is going, oh, before the bomb goes off. Make sure you listen to episode 267, and if not, at least you're still a day or two away from checking out at Off-Broadway, July 23rd, 7 p.m., Shane Presley, Rock Paper Podcast, his 1,000th episode, his eight years, really good lineup of bands. I believe at this point, it's it, you might still be able to get some tickets that are $10 in advance, 14 at the door. Might be a $3 service charge for those minors because it is an all-ages show, but regardless... Go check it out. Uh, now, we'll come back to the box. And that would be right now. I just assume that you're the bad parent. That you also seem like you could be the fun parent. Yeah, yeah. You're, that, you're that's a very hats. fair assessment. You're wearing the, the double hat. Yeah. Uh, are you ready to go? Let's do it. All right. Well, we are back. Uh, this is a... Uh, Six o'clock start time, which the last two weeks I've had early episodes, but that's because I sent out the uh, podcast signal and only one person answered the call, and that was time. In fact, uh, I want to I want to come back to that, but before we do, I'm going to ask you to try the beer. All right, uh, because I brought back from Chica- or Chicago from uh, Denver, which we'll get into Denver in a little bit. I brought back a Pliny the Elder. I guess I should just I'm just all over the place. There's no Jay or or, or John. Uh, there is a Tom. So say hi. What's up, party people? It's been a while since I've graced you with my presence, and I apologize in advance because there will be wrestling talk. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, yeah, you know, you know, if it's just me and you, or if, especially if it's me, you, and Jay, it's going to be the entire thing's going to yeah. be wrestling talk. In fact, I've got a whole new podcast logo for that. I know. Um, but I did want to, I did want you to try this, and there's a reason I want you to try this. This is what Russian River Brewing makes this. This is Pliny the Elder. Um, it's constantly one of the best rated beers ever made. One time it was the the great, uh, the golden unicorn for people to try to find. Now, has it been as bastardized as uh, what's the Goose Island one that's everywhere now? Oh, the just uh, uh, the Green Line, which was theirs, but the Go- the BCS, which is Goose Island, yeah, big Bur- yeah, Bourbon County. Sorry. But yeah, I mean that's their gimmick, everything. So this one doesn't get past Denver in shipping. It's as far as it's shipped. Okay, out of California. so it's made in it's made California. In California. Okay, yeah. Gotcha. So so give it a taste. Because Did you say Russian River already? Yes. Okay. Yeah, Russian River Brewing. I believe that's. I mean, I am not as big of a beer nerd as you and Bender and Jay, but I've even heard of this one, so I am kind of excited to give it a try. So here we go, the sweet nectar of the gods. It's pretty strong. It's a good beer. It's a real good beer. They make a Pliny the Younger, but they only make it and sell it. It used to be, now that one may have been bastardized, I don't know, but I do know it's very limited. Mm -hmm. But it used to only sell one day of the year. And people would camp out for it. Right. So I don't know if that's still the case, and I've still never seen it in the wild. But this one, when you're in Chicago, or when you're in Denver, I found it on tap at a lot of places, and I found it, you know, in the bottle. So I brought a couple back. I even brought back one called Blind Pig from Russian River. Uh, I still have one in there. 
but it's a damn good beer. So yeah. I wanted to, and you know what? The other guys miss out because they decided not to show up. Yeah, the one time I show up in like six weeks, it works <laughs> You get out the better me. beer. Yeah, I know, right? Uh, but I do want to talk about, real quick, I, I said put a pin and we'll come back, uh, why it is just you and I. I. Did I miss in the text thread among my travels uh, this past week that Bender's got COVID or someone in his house has COVID? Uh, yes, the Rona is running like Hulkamania wild through the Bender household right now. Now, did he put that in our text thread or did he? Because I don't remember seeing that. All I saw was I'm still in quarantine. I think I'm on three different text so threads with Bender, so I can't tell you which one it was. I think I'm in three, but only one of them's a personal one. So yeah, no, they're the same. Yeah. I have a personal one, which is all politics. Yeah. Then it's our podcast one, and then uh, I have one with Sabrina friends with him. Yeah, I so for I'll tell you how it breaks down for the podcast. Uh, I have the podcast one i have the comic book one with bender and jay and then well i take it back i have four with bender because then i have bender and his cousin and then i have just bender and then you and i and jay have the wrestling yes so. what's hilarious is when you're on a bunch of different text threads of friends and there's cross-pollination like i do with bender when like people are sharing funny memes i have to like wait now is bender on one of those that i've seen this meme yeah because yeah, yeah. i know i'll be the one time it's gonna happen where bender will be like i posted that on the other one yeah dude you just stole that yeah from comedy me. you know false comedy valor over here <laughs> which he stole it from somebody so it's oh, okay of course. yeah it's okay but uh so and you recently and the reason i wanted to, to talk about that is you now you said running wild who how, did he have more than one people person in the house uh i think so i, I mean i don't know how much he wants to keep that under wraps but you know bender's uh, usually not that private person but i I think everybody's got it, maybe now. Wow. Maybe? Well, I don't know. Well, you have had a run-in with it, right, recently? No, I uh, I, I had dinner, and dinner. I had lunch with a former co-worker. That's what it was. Yeah, and so we had lunch the Thursday before 4th of July, and then he texted me on Sunday that he got the Rona, so I had to cancel my Sunday and, and Monday And in plans. your house, though, that that's like uh, on Monsters, Inc., when somebody is exposed <laughs> yes, to the outside. that's a great analogy. <laughs> I, I mean, on one hand, it wasn't bad, because I just was forced quote quote air quotes to stay in my room so yeah. i was catching up on shows had to avoid your family oh no, man it sucks <laughs> oh the pain yeah so like right now i am a bachelor for the first time in i think four years oh wow so yeah. my uh, kelly and the boys went to colorado to visit my sister-in-law and her family because i had to go to chicago tomorrow for work and so sunday i had all these grand plans i invited the, the podcast over and i would have uh, came if we not got back late that's ah, all right um that never had nobody. I invited like multiple. That's the thing when you're on our Sunday. Age. I could have made it over. Saturday was Sunday when is I could. the day I wanted to have you over. Oh, I thought you meant Saturday because we drove back Saturday. Yeah, that's where I did. I missed that because I was hard. like, I'm not getting back to like eight thirty tonight. It it worked. Out. I would have came out Sunday. Yeah, yeah. No, uh, I'm sorry, I misunderstood. No that. worries. So, uh, but I was gonna go play golf or go to the driving range. It rained all day. So at eleven o'clock on Sunday, I I, I looked and I'm like, hmm, this is a weird feel. Am I? Am I bored? I'm, I'm bored. So I went to Target and bought Legos. <laughs> oh, yeah. I put that together. Uh, almost done, yeah. Started, it, yeah. But tell you what. It's, there's surprisingly a lot of... Uh, there's It's it's very satisfying putting together one of those long Lego sets. Yeah, it's a thousand pieces. And uh, one of the steps... This, so I got the like kind of a diorama uh, Yoda's uh, hut. Yeah. Uh, one of the steps uh, had you put down 137 little green pieces. Oh, that'll do it. Yeah, that'll one. do it. That'll get you. Yeah, your fingers get raw too. <laughs> yeah. They get sore. Uh, you know what? And I lied to you. I could not have came out had I wanted to. Uh, that's the day Missy and I celebrated our anniversary. Well, congratulations! Yeah. Happy anniversary. Thirteen full years. Did she uh, re up you for another one or two? Or 
Uh, I mean, I even made 13 a sounds long. I don't think that's part of the collective bargaining agreement. Yeah, I mean, it's like three years past the, the expiration date of the contract. But, you know, we're still, we're taking it year by year. You know, we're like, uh, you, you'll get this. We're much like David Spade's tenure on SNL. It's just year after year. You know. Uh, so, but what I wanted to say, too, is that, and I, I hope Kelly doesn't listen to this, but if she does, I rest assured, it's okay. Uh, but we, too, had a brush with the, the Rona. Okay. The, uh, and, and we've had many. And I'm either convinced I've had it, or I have had boosters, that, or my boosters work amazing, or I'm just superhuman because <laughs> we had it, it hit the soccer competition that we were at. Oh, okay. So one girl had to leave. Okay. And there's no avoiding. These, these, these kids all were in. So... It's been that's been more than seven days or seven days at this point, and we tested and it, it never came up positive. So I was like, and and honestly, the coaches said, "Hey, you know, at this point, there's no official, um, uh, you know, procedures that we're supposed to follow." And he asked all the parents, and we're like, "Well, we paid a lot of money to be here, right? And it's 105 degrees outside, and we're playing, so we feel like even if there was a sickness, it's going to kill it." So everybody played, and, and to my knowledge, no one got it other than that girl. So she probably brought it with her and didn't yeah, know. Yeah. Um, and got it early, and I just feel bad for her. Because, Absolutely. Yeah, because she missed half of it. She only played in one day. And there was another girl in our uh, two teams that we took, literally in the first half of the first game, uh, injured her growth plate and had to get a boot and be on crutches the rest of the week. Oh. Yeah. And then Hayden, on the complete opposite end, played 11 games for, played for both teams. And played 11 games, including a night where they played short-sided uh, street soccer, so 5-on-5 five five, uh-huh. uh, on short goals. And what they would do is they they take two people from Hayden's team and they say, you're putting on a penny and you're going uh, jersey. And they just mix, send them to field. So they'd also all, you played with every players from other states and countries even. Oh wow! And they so and they would start here and then they'd just go counterclockwise all the way back around. And when they got back to facing each other, then they were just done playing. Okay. Uh, so, and it was like 10, 12 fields going at once. So it was a lot of soccer on the week. Yeah. Hot fucking soccer too. Sure. And you're closer to the sun there in Denver. Yes. But, but yeah, so I, I gotta tell you, it's weird. It's kind of why I wanted to bring it up because you know you had the quarantine thing. Didn't, uh, Bender's obviously quarantining. I know Jay's had it a couple times. Their family. Um, I even have a friend, a coworker, who got it for like the third time, um, but she had no symptoms. But she was forced to test because she was at a work training. Okay. And someone at the training came down, so they all had to quarantine at their hotel. And then they just allowed them to visit New York for the two days after the quarantine was up. And when they got back home, they had to take a test required, and she failed it. Yeah. Our, our tested negative, so she had to quarantine. And I'm like, not that I. I mean, I, I did make the joke. I'm superhuman, but it's just, it's it, it's almost it's a catch twenty two. It sucks that it's a world that we're still going to have to live with for a long time. Maybe. And then two, it's almost like even the most ardent sub followers are getting to the point where they're like, I just don't care anymore. Yeah, I, I think for me, it's all about. You know, what's the hospitalization? And that is starting to creep up a little bit. But, yeah, definitely COVID fatigue. Don't want to go backwards. Want to just kind of press forward. And as long as, I mean, pretty much at this point, almost everybody's had it or at least been vaccinated. So that's why the hospitalizations aren't going crazy through the roof. Well, you you hope that's the case. Uh, Are these hospitalizations, are those last people that 
or still refuse to get vaccinated. Right. You know, uh, I did pull out a. We we did have a, a fun conversation. I can't remember what we were talking about, but I did my best. Uh, I grew up there, but I did my best extreme southeast Missouri uh, accent. And I, I went off on the Rona and all of this, and I said, you know what? And, and fuck you, Joe Biden, for your gas prices. Let's go, Brandon. Roll Tide. <laughs> and uh, I, my daughter goes, Dad, I, I think you're actually a Republican. You sounded perfect on that. Uh, well, you've been like the redneck, redneck, redneckerson or whatever. Yeah, well, redneck, redneck That was hilarious. Uh, but, uh, yeah, but on the side note, the trip to Denver was pretty fun. My daughter did pick out her target college. Okay. University of Colorado Boulders or primary. Okay. Uh, and I get it. That I mean, it is, it's got to be, I mean, I, you, you're going to have to go to like USC or, or UCLA to get like a better scenery than your backdrop of the, the Rocky Mountains. Sure. I mean, it, it's beautiful. You're just surrounded. The campus is surrounded. Boulders are a cool town. Uh, but for my money, it's a short drive to what was a much better town How for us. How far is it from Denver? 45 minutes? Oh, from maybe the heart of Denver. Uh, maybe 45 okay. uh no traffic on a late sunday night or something it's probably 25 30 minutes oh, wow. uh, okay. and then and then golden which is kind of triangular the same distance uh it for me my money that's the better town yeah golden's smaller i've been there for my buddy john when he got married and, and i did get to hang out with my friends while i was out there which was fun i haven't seen his wife in seven years and upon the end of our trip i go well i guess i'm Good for another seven years at this point. Uh, but uh, Golden, you know, has one thing, and that's Coors. Yeah. Which isn't by any stretch of the imagination. It's amazing that Coors is as big as a brewery, as a company, as Anheuser-Busch, in a sense, that you see it everywhere. Sure, yeah. When that place by itself only seems like it's one block of AB. You yeah. know, AB's like the Manhattan of breweries. It's our New York. It's five giant boroughs. You know what I mean? How many breweries Coors have? I think they might have like three at most. Yeah, but they're not. AB's got like a dozen. Yeah, yeah, and one AB is as big as those three put together. I mean, the one here in St. Louis is that big, you know. I mean, you know, you were there. I was there. Uh, But Golden just was a much smaller, uh, you know, I'm getting to the age where I enjoy these little unique shops in these small towns. Like, I'm not not buying little knickknacks or shrinky-dinks or whatever like Mm -hmm. my grandparents do, but... I do enjoy the small town. I get the stickers, like that sticker. Okay. And yeah. But it also had, like, they had these things that are super awesome, like uh, food halls. Food halls are big out there. And what a food hall is, it's like a two- to three-story building. Nice building in, yeah. in, with the with the one in, in particular in Golden. We had two. We had one in downtown Denver and one in Golden. And most of them have the the gimmick that uh, Dogwood has. The, you get your card, you pour your own beer, you pay by the ounce. Okay. But some of them also have like three or four restaurant options like that seem like a food truck kind of thing but they're yeah, stationary like the foundry like yeah like, yeah like the foundry or like the window at third wheel uh but i'll tell you every option was fucking fantastic nice. restaurant if it was a restaurant all on its own you would want to eat there i've heard like two or three of those ones the foundry are really really good i, I, I need to check it out and i'm sure when soccer gets full full bloat full blown going like uh mls i will yeah. go to it but we had, I mean, and the Golden, what was cool, though, is the one at Golden, which was Golden Mill, it overlooks uh, the river, you know, and people just come floating by while you're sitting there drinking, pounding your beers. and it's Colorado River, I assume. I don't know which river it is. I didn't ask. It's small. I don't know. But I'm sure it is. But what was cool about that is, you know, we grew up in uh, in, in Midwest Redneckville where you, you pay somebody on a bus to take you three, four, five miles down the road and you 
float back, and it costs yeah. you 30 bucks to go floating. Uh, there, you get up. If you have your own inner tube, you just walk yourself a mile or two up the trail, depending on how far you want to go, drop in and come out, and you're in right in the middle of all the breweries, or, or the all beer and restaurants in Golden. That's pretty cool. You just pop, I know, like... I was like, this, I mean, we're coming back here, especially if Kaylin goes to school there. Yeah. And we're doing this, because that's awesome. So how much does the University of Colorado cost these days? Cheaper than SLU. So, 30 grand a year? So, I mean, people could do their own research, but if they want. But SLU was, after boarding, was around 70. Per year? Yeah. Holy shit. And that's with, because room and board for about, Kaylin would refuse to let us do the lowest level of boarding but we refused to pay the highest so on top of tuition it would be about an extra 13 grand a year for room and board yeah and that's your food and all that stuff and let's just say university of colorado was cheaper than slu was before you add the <laughs> that stuff so it's in the 50k range Damn. yeah which, things i get to look forward to yeah college be college now man uh especially good ones you know yeah um I certainly think you're getting more for your. I I, I mean, listen, Slu's her fallback. Which if Slu's your fallback, I'm hurting. <laughs> like no matter what, and both schools are going to be hard for her to get into just in general. But not because she's she does her grades are fine. Uh, you know they don't use test scores anymore. They don't use ACT. The, you only use the ACT if you think it'll help you get in. I.e., wow. if they tell you we're going to deny you if you. Well, I got this thirty on my ACT. Okay, we'll let you in. Interesting. Yeah, they don't they because they and I talked to my best friend, one of my best friends, up uh, that I re ran uh, re uh, reacquainted myself with in New York, who's a college professor for Ole Miss, and he said it's because uh, studies have found that it's not necessarily a racial bias test; it's an economic bias test, and the people that are consistently getting high scores are the people that can afford tutors and. Ex- extra classes and training to take it and those are the people that are getting they they may not have the best test scores or the best school grades but they'll hire a tutor and they'll cram and get a 28 or above on their act and they colleges used to only go by that right and now he's like that's not the thing now they really take a look at your resume your your uh essay that you would write and your your what you did in school your four years at school more than they will that interesting which makes sense yeah i guess i mean you want to give everybody a fair shot? Sure. I mean, now I'm thinking back to myself, like, oof, that my ACT score probably helped me. <laughs> yeah, and it, it also, I mean, I, mean for, I, I worked. I had a full time, not full time, but I worked 20 hours a week in sports and all that. So that's what. Yeah, they want well-rounded kids. Yeah, they do. And like my daughter, who is very has very good grades. She's like I've said. I think I've said on the podcast. I wouldn't say she's the most straightforward book smart girl you'd ever meet but she is very studious like to a fault like she, she puts in the work she and she stresses herself putting in and what more she stresses over tests she's a very bad test taker what does she want to do she wants to be a social worker or a teacher hmm. something like that she wants to work with uh special needs and you know i'm gonna pay a lot so she can make very little but hey it's okay it's okay it's her path you know i mean i'm a big proponent of Paying for the experience, too. To go... I mean, look, I went to Indiana and then Mizzou. I, I like that big college atmosphere where you have Saturdays to look forward to a football and a big-time basketball program and fraternities and all that pomps and circumstance. I put value on that. I understand on a practical level, there is no... Some people don't value that at all. They see college as just a place where you get your diploma to go on to the next thing, and that's fine, too, but... Uh, there seems to be lately an attack on college and it not being as a premium thing, which 
which makes sense. We need to get more people towards trades and whatnot. Yeah, our blue collar. We, we we had such a long run with emphasis on secondary education that it hurt our blue collar. And, and there's good money to be made in blue collar and labor trades and and, and absolutely technical school. I mean, you could go to school for uh, you know some kind of uh, some kind of engineer training or mechanical training and come out and make sixty to eighty k right out of the gate. Right. You go to school to become a doctor and come out making thirty five k right out of the gate. You right. know, Something crazy. It it's it's hard. It's what the problem is is one we allowed our both public and private, and private is hard to regulate. We've allowed it to get so expensive, yeah. And we've put such a demand on status, and and certainly social media and stuff doesn't help. That it made it hard. Here's the deal. I mean, I don't think it's un, unfair to say that in this country, menial labor is a problem right now. Yes. And you know, it's because who wants to do it? When, I think when, people are trying to get in the country to do it. Yeah, that's right. And then we punish them. Yes, you know? yes. We punish them. Like uh, I, I, you know, I know for a fact in the line of work I'm in, and I've had guys tell me it's not that I'm replacing, you know, good upstanding white people with Mexicans. It's uh, I can't get no good upstanding white people to apply for the job. Right. And these guys are working hard, so yep. it's like you know, shut your mouths. But uh. Anyway, that's that's neat. That's a whole there. different topic. Uh, you know, and the rest of the trip was fun too. We got to go to an MLS game. We saw a very good uh, soccer game in a one-one tie. It looked like uh, Den- our Colorado Rapids were going to get their butts kicked by uh, Orlando, who's nipping at the door of first place. Uh, but is and- Orlando? Is that where Bale's going? Or no, he's going to the Galaxy. He's L A. He's L A. Uh, Galaxy. Okay, yeah. That's right. And he made his debut, and he looked good. I think they lost, but he looked good. I don't remember if they lost or not, but he he had some quality touches when he came in. Uh, but the the soccer game was good. Their stadium, fine stadium, uh, maybe the poorest fucking laid out uh, parking I've ever seen. Okay. It's essentially just a one big giant block with roads. You know, just a big our big rectangle, and then crossroads with three ways to get in, and then they limit you to one way out. Is there? Oh, it's like Riverport. <laughs> and yeah, it's 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 definitely like old school river, except there's no one there regulating, so people are just cutting across and just wedging in where they can get in. So it's a nightmare. Do people tailgate? Yes, my buddy said that, and we would have. We, by certainly tailgating would have been an option if it, we wouldn't have been with the team and they had an early game the yeah, next day. It was yeah, an entire. Yeah, sure. But man, my buddy John, he said that he just when he goes, they just tailgate and wait till the till yeah, the parking lot empties. Yeah. Um, and then we went to the Rocky Stadium, and I got to tell you, Rocky's—it's uh, up there. It's one of the better stadiums I've been to. Okay, top three? No, that's that's you know, as a homer, I'll say Bush, then I'll say Petco, then I'll say PNC. That you've been to, okay? That I've been to, and which Bush three or Bush two or Bush? New, new Bush? Bush three, okay. yeah, Bush three. Uh, just because it's it it is a great stadium. There is Ballpark Village. I will say that uh, they don't have an official Ballpark Village, but outside of of Coors Field. They do have one of this, like, they call it McGregor Square, and it has one of those food halls, and it has a big sport. It's essentially Ballpark Village without being affiliated with the team. Gotcha. Um, And Denver's a cool town, with the exception that we do a good job in St. Louis of hiding our homeless shelters all in one street. Yeah. They just kind of spread those sons of bitches out all over Denver. So you'll be walking a very good area, and then you're like, oh, look at this block of homeless people just randomly strewn about. Yeah. It's like, at least have the decency to isolate your problem, you know? Well, I think that's called segregation. Getting rid of our homeless people are making it illegal to uh, camp out on public land now. Which is seems like it um, is a no brainer law, but even in uh, you know California has laws that says a homeless person once they establish a dwelling, 
that legally is their dwelling and cannot be moved by people, even if it's on private property. <laughs> That's pretty nice. I think Joe Rogan just got into, well, I mean, got into heat for like he does, but like literally this week. And oh my God. I mean, even Bender, who doesn't like the guy, has to, would have to say, dude, we can't joke at all. Him and Tom Segura was talking back at fourth and they were talking about that law. And Tom Segura goes, yeah, you legally can't do anything about it. And Joe goes, well, let's just let them start shooting them like they do the the, the coyote problem or what he or the, the and and he goes yeah that, that'll fix it he goes yeah I mean he goes because it seems like the only thing L A will allow that's legal is shooting people because you can walk for that but you can't move a homeless person off so it was clearly a joke right but then the uh, people for the they don't call them the homeless they call them the 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 people the people of non sheltered like the people of the non sheltered okay are up in arms like you're you're advocating murdering us and it's like no a comedian made a joke to shine a light on a bigger problem that california's having but people are up in arms uh but also back to that denver game they destroyed um pittsburgh that night but i did see uh uh uh, what's his name uh the the shortstop for uh cruz okay for pittsburgh the six seven rookie shortstop that has the fastest recorded throw across the diamond right now up until that Cardinals prospect, Cardinals prospect yeah. broke it, but he does also the six seven guy has the fastest recorded time around the bases too. His time was as fast as Tariq Hill runs in the NFL. Holy shit! At six seven, this guy should have been a receiver in the NFL. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think they play football in the Dominican or whatever. Yeah, probably though, not. So. That's funny. But overall, trip was good. Good. Yeah, over, I mean that's a long-winded way of catching everybody up. We had a bunch of breweries. Nothing made like nothing of uh, breweries that you would know. Like we didn't go to the big ones. We went to a bunch of small ones. Okay. And my, I tell you, the biggest surprise beer that I liked the most was I. We love me and Missy love cream ales, and they had this honey cream ale, which was very good. But then they had this uh, lemon meringue pie cream ale. Okay. Or lemon meringue cream, and I hate lemon meringue pie. I don't like it either. But what they do in this cream ale is they take the lemon meringue cream ale and they give a little extra head, okay. and then they take powdered sugar and they clap it over it, and it just falls on it. And Missy, I'm like, I can't have it. And then Missy took it, and she goes, oh, my God, this is amazing. And she's a pretty good judge of beer. Sure. So I took a drink, and I was like, I'm not going to lie to you. If that's what lemon meringue pie tastes like, I'd eat it every fucking day. <laughs> like, it was delicious. And the whole gimmick yeah. of this, they also, and this wasn't like a trendy, uppity one. In fact, uh, I'm drinking Mother Tucker. Shout, excuse me, shout out to Mother Tucker. Uh, super, it's very small, uh tasting room but a bigger back room where they have stand-up comedy it was my favorite brewery we went to and they were like yeah one of our problems is the two owners are a little older and they don't understand marketing and she goes i'm trying to help them so please follow us please tag us i'm like well fuck i'll even go back to a podcast mention you and tag you there so and i followed through on my promise you do except i haven't uploaded it and tagged them so but uh we did have a lot of good beer but you know um you know outside of that though that was my way of telling you where i was at last week what you been doing tom well, hey, uh, speaking of baseball stadiums, how about that home run derby last night in my favorite stadium I've ever been into? Uh, Chavez Ravine. Chavez Ravine. You know, I am a big <laughs> cynic, as you know, but even my cold cackle, I don't really like baseball anymore. Heart was warmed over by Albert's run oh, on yeah. the uh, home run derby last night. So, I don't know if you saw, but there's some controversy. I did not see that there was controversy. So, if you go back and count it, Kyle Schwarber hit one more home run than Albert. Really? And... The, first off, 
the home run derby was great. It yeah. was a hell of a display. But I do not like the rules. I didn't understand. I don't like the flying, flying, flying. I like when you had 10 balls, you get a bonus ball, you get a money ball, something like that, and you hit them. But the constant throwing, Carl Ravitch, who gets lambasted quite a bit anymore, did an awful job. In fact, during Alberts, he's like, well, if, just like before, the first two swings, first two home runs, they actually weren't home runs. Okay. Like, he was just off. Like, and, and I will defend him a little bit. It was hard to tell because they just kept flying, and he had to go to the next one and go to the next one, and you didn't have time to see the distances like you normally do. Right. I don't. I didn't like the rule. So, but the guy, some guy, broke down the footage from the camera angles you could saw. See, is he is very much convinced that Cal Schwarber, or actually, what he said was, they said they gave Albert one. He goes, it's impossible to tell whether they gave him one or not. You don't know because you never saw it land. They cut away. But he said, I can say without a doubt, they did not give Kyle Schwarber one. Okay. So Albert, he technically would have beat Albert by one. But yeah. it made a much better story without Absolutely. him. Absolutely. I mean, I didn't get how the bonuses worked. I, I thought it was every you hit a certain amount of feet, then you get... Everybody got a 30-second bonus, and you got an additional 30 seconds if you hit two over 440. Okay. But it, that still, the way they displayed it didn't make sense. I, I was like, oh, I guess he hit two that were over four. Yeah, he didn't hit one over four forty. Like uh, at least none of the stats they showed. I tell you, they got what they needed. You need the young guys to win to be in the finalist thing, and yeah. you had a you you had. I think the only thing that kept Julio Rodriguez from winning is he went first. And I think the reason Soto won is because he was going second, so yeah. he quit after he took the lead. And Julio Rodriguez just kept trying to set the bar high. He ran out of gas that final round. Baseball and hockey trail the NBA and NFL big time when it comes to making stars. And honestly, I mean, I know I'm biased. I think hockey does a better job of making stars than baseball does right now, which is pretty sad. Yeah, I mean, who's the last big star in baseball? I mean, technically, it should be Mike Trout, but, but he's, he's not. so boring. But yeah, he doesn't want to be a star. Yeah. Um, Otani should be bigger than he is. Yeah, but nobody outside of baseball cares about what he's doing. Yeah. Um, so, Griffey? I, Griffey, and I would argue uh, Jeter big, went past Griffey. Uh, big Poppy, maybe. Big, mm, I still don't think he was a big star. I think he was massive in baseball and big in Boston, but okay. Griffey was the Jordan of baseball. I mean, as close as they got to to Jordan was Griffey. I mean, he still has his own swingman logo. He's the only other guy with a logo, you know? Yeah. Um, Jeter was big, and I watched, uh, and we can put a pin in this, we can talk about it later, I put, uh, I watched the first one of The Captain last night. Um, I, yeah, I mean, I, I know that... Does it, he give, uh, they go over the gift bags at all? No, I, I, the, the first episode goes all the way up to him... Them losing in '95 to Seattle and him not being an everyday player yet. Okay. And then the next year will be him getting the starting gotcha. job. Okay. Um, so, I mean, there was a what was his name in uh, uh, in New York? The shortstop they had. Uh, Noma. No, that was uh, the at Boston. But Nomar should have been a star. But he was around the same time period where there were stars. All right. Now there was that shortstop that was super good. Um, recently he might even still be playing, but he's older now. I can't remember. It was where like, he play. Shortstop and for the Mets uh, for a lot for Jose a Reyes. Yeah, they, they they tried to make him a star, and I was on board because he's he got on base, he stole bases, but it was in a time where home runs were a premium, still yeah. are. So it's very hard. I mean, you got you got guys like Frank uh, Julio Rodriguez, Juan Soto, who 
we'll come back to him a little Fernando bit later. Fernando Tatis too. Jr. Tatis Jr. He's just injured, but you still have Vlad Jr. Yeah, hell, you just had Matt Holiday and Drew Jones drafted the the second and McGuire son drafted. It should be very easy to market stars, yeah. especially with this seemingly unprecedented influx of second generation talent. I mean, it should be big, but. They would rather, I guess they would rather market the sport. And I think that kind of goes back to the quote-unquote unwritten rules of baseball. Let me ask you this. Of famous athletes' kids right now, who's the one you are the most excited about, the one you'd put stock into right now? Okay. Well, Well, there's two different questions. Because if I were to put stock in one that was a sure thing, I shit you not, I'd probably go Trinity Rodman. Okay. Because she is 19, has scored four goals and made on, on four caps for the U.S. Women's National Team. That team's in a transition to younger, and I think she's big, physical, strong, and she has a marketable name. I think she just screams, I'm going to be the next level of marketing star for the U.S. women. Because, yes, our, Alex Morgan is a big star. Mm-hmm. Rapino, infamous, but also a star. Yes. But I wouldn't say that they all have the crossover appeal of Dennis Rodman's daughter, and I say it that way. Yeah. So she. So if I were just investing... That's a great point. I, that's probably who I'd go with. But who am I most excited for? Boy, that's tough. Um, can we still say Cody Rhodes in the WWE? <laughs> all right, well, my, my, my two answers are uh, most excited about... It's got to be Hook. Yeah, Hook. Okay, Hook would be but the If next. I had to buy stock at somebody, it's got to be Arch Manning. Okay, Arch Manning is be a good one. The only thing I will say about Arch Manning that I, I worry about is he has the hardest road in terms that that's the hardest position in all sports to play as quarterback. Yeah. And, yes, he has a father uh, who played. He has two brothers or two uncles that were unbelievable. And from all accounts, his dad was really good yeah. before he got sick. Um, but that's just to that he could be drafted by Cleveland. And that could kill it all, yeah. you know. And hey, a Manning has uh, backed out of a commitment. Yeah, they, they have. But his, de- but Arch, or Archie also, you know, he spent all those years in New Orleans and just. And that's probably why I told Eli, you don't want to fucking yeah. do what I did. Yeah, I mean, it's just football is so. I mean, baseball too. Um, like if I were just to, we just go back to baseball, I'd probably put it all on Vlad Guerrero right now. Even though, even though both of the 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 holiday and the. Drew and Andrew Jones' uh, sons went one and two. I don't put much stock in in McGuire's who went in the eighth round. That's a long way. Yeah. But the problem even with that too is I wouldn't even invest in a player in baseball until they've been in the league for two years because you just don't know. Right. You tear it up in the minors. We do know Vlad Guerrero is on pace to equal his father's Hall of Fame career. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean that's that's a great question. And and again, it does seem, and maybe I'm wrong, maybe we're just to the age where we notice it, this second generation talent across the board in all sports is just it's weird. You know, it's and, and in the case of the Mannings, third generation. I mean it's I mean it's just I mean following the footsteps seemed like it always it's a thing everybody always wanted, but right now they seem to be accomplishing it pretty well. Yeah. So I don't know. Well, it, but uh, the, let's before we even get back, let, let's stay since we're on baseball. And before we jump into pro wrestling, which I imagine will dominate the end of this, let's at least talk about Juan Soto. Okay. There's multiple sources saying of the ten. Some have put ten teams. Some have narrowed it down to five. But realistically, there's a lot of people saying there's only two, two to three teams that have a shot at landing Juan Soto. And it's one of those things that where it makes me ha- excited, but also scares me almost universally. 
Across the board, everybody's saying the St. Louis Cardinals are the team to land him because there's no team with more MLB-ready talent in the farm system and pros right now than what they have. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of the things I've heard is Jordan Walker, yep. Tyler O'Neill, Matt Libator, and a Juan Yapez or Edmundo Sosa kind of yeah. either or. And then when they get him, they will offer him the 500 over 14. 500 million over 14 years. Whew. So here's what's crazy about that. And it's unique to Soto. He's another worldly talent. Yeah. By all indications, he looks like he's he's a rocket ship to the stars. Um, and he's 23. Right. <laughs> that never happens. Baseball's so bad at rewarding players for what they used to do instead of what they're capable of doing. And he's the first guy almost, well, in Tatis, where you're like, well, wait a minute, we're getting you re-signed. To, I mean, yeah, that would put him at up to 36 years old. Conceivably, you only need him up to 32 because after that's when people drop off the cliff right. after 30. Real, but if you have to do two dog years on that before you have those four, that's a good. I don't see why we wouldn't do it. <laughs> like if that's the case, do it. I would be shocked if they did it. I would be shocked too because it's not the way Mosellock works. No, it's not the Cardinal way. But I don't ever remember a trade deadline time when the Cardinals have been so heavily discussed and the favorite to land anyone. The last one I can remember was Scott Rowland. And and Matt Holiday. Those are the two. Yeah. Because those were in season deals, right? Uh yeah, Holiday was as well, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, Holiday's I'm trying to think. Yes, it was, and then we did not have him resign, and then he resigned. Yeah, and then Arenado and well and Goldschmidt were off season. And yep. that's different. Jay and I were talking about to say that's different. You got all off season to figure right, it out. Work it out. Trade deadline, you have a deadline. Yeah. So it's I don't know, it's kind of exciting. Um they do need pitching. You know, they did draft what most people consider a guy that's maybe two years away from the pros, which is big, a lefty. That's usually how it goes. Yeah, which, I mean, if if that's that allows you to lose Libertor, if that's what you're going to do. but And Walker, third baseman. We got Arenado for the next five. We got Gorman who can slide over do there. we have Arenado then? He opted not to take this extension. Oh, he did? Yeah. So he's going to stay? He's staying. Okay. Yeah. Or, he opted not to opt out from his extension. Okay, I didn't yeah. hear that. Okay, that's yeah. good. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I mean, who knows, man? I mean, that's a big name. It would be the biggest name. Yeah, as, as I've talked about on this podcast for years, they, you know, they, the MLS team comes here. That is going to be competition for dollars. And if the Cardinals kind of keep doing what they've been doing, which is, hey, they play in a shitty division. What have they been doing the last six or seven years? They beat up on the Reds and the Pirates, the Cubs if they're bad. Yeah. You know, 500 against the Brewers, that's going to get you a wild card spot, especially two extra wild card spots. But it's been a long time since they've been dominant, in my opinion. It's been, and, I mean, since the World Series runs, since they've been dominant. The the good news, though, is we haven't had a losing season in a long time. Yeah. I mean, it's. And it's. it's I guess it's how you look how you at baseball. Su- yeah. Because you, you. Adversely. You know, the the Oakland A's seem to be doing everything they can to make MLB take that team from the ownership. I think – didn't they get approval for the ballpark? I don't know, but I think they, they have. have one all-star, and they flew him charter and coach. And the Houston Astros GM said, hey, we've got a couple guys. We will pick you up in our private jet that to go to the all-star game. Because, you know, they're flying from Houston to Oakland, and then you got to get That's him. Hilarious. It's just – they did it to Juan Soto, too. 
He they had him chartered. He chartered. He got in at one thirty the morning of the All Star. Well, that could be a little understandable when they're they're going back and forth. Yeah. yeah well, speaking of uh, people telling their uh, current clubs to go fuck themselves. No. Oh. B- big rumors in the hockey world before we get into wrestling. Well, we can get into hockey anyway because I know it's it, there is a ouchie guy we opted not to resign. Is a big hurts the hearts of the Bluesers. Yeah, David Perron. Yeah, but uh, the rumor is Matt Kachuk has told the Flames he will not sign a new deal. So will he become a, a home to the land of Provel cheese and toasted ravioli? Do you think he will? There's a lot of smoke. Uh, I had a buddy te- text me. The rumor was the Blues offer Jordan Cairo, Tory Krug, and a first-round pick in the as their initial offer, and the Flames said no. So, what do you think it would take to get him, and what would you be willing to give up for him? Uh, I think everybody on the team except for Robert Thomas is tradable. Yeah, I would say even O'Reilly as a captain. You think he's well? O'Reilly's only got one more deal, year left on his deal. Yeah, so so that makes him tradable. Yeah. Uh, and, and, he's one of, and O'Reilly, unfortunately, is one of the few guys on the team that doesn't have a no trade. And hockey's a little bit different than other sports. Is people pieces move more often than you think, or at least they. Hockey's just so much like you could lose a superstar easier, it seems, in hockey than you could other sports via trade. I would say the only one that's yeah NBA. I feel like superstars move around the most. I, I feel like that's superstar driven though. I feel yeah. like in hockey it's ownership driven. Yeah, you know? yeah. So I mean, if he comes here, that's that's huge. Uh, no, I think for that, those that don't know, uh, he, he's uh, speaking of second generation. Yep, uh, Matthew Kachuk's is born here along with his brother Brady, who plays for the Ottawa Senators. Uh, their dad, uh, Big Walt, was a Blues player for. Half of his career, he's not. He's probably top three best players that are not in the Hall of Fame. Like oh, he, that's cool. I believe. I want to say he has the most goals not in the Hall of Fame. That's crazy. Yeah, that's a crazy stat. Yeah. He's the Ted Simmons of the Blues. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, it would be big. He'll sell a lot of tickets. Man, if you could shout for those who don't know who he is, uh, he is an old school hockey player that he can score forty goals and he will throw down the mittens too. Oh. But he's known more as. I'm going to take a dirty hit and get you all fired up and get you on the power play kind of player. He's more of a pest than a fighter, but he will fight. Too, yeah, so. but but what makes him such a good pest is that you can't take it for granted that someone else will fight his battle. He's willing to fight yeah. it himself, which probably keeps some other players from like, yeah, we, I mean, we, we don't want to fight a guy that wants to fight all the time. We yeah. want, you know, no, everybody chased, you know, didn't, you know, I mean, Gretzky never fought. Well, he did fight, but it was funny looking. But, you know, people chase him around the, he was the Rob Lowe of uh, uh, well, Young Blood. He had his, bo- his boyfriend, uh, right, Marty McSorley. Right, yeah, but that's not, when you got a guy that's not the case, it makes it a little bit different to hit him. Speaking of which, you had brought up the uh, captain in the documentary series of Derek Jeter. Yeah. There is a very good uh, hockey documentary called uh, Unrivaled. Okay. Oh, yeah, the, yeah, I saw uh, that. It's about the Red Wings and Avalanche rivalry in the uh, late 90s. And I, I didn't, so as a guy er, that's... Uh, early 2000s, mid-2000s. And as a guy that moved here in 07, and like I told you, that as much as I love the Blues now and as big as the Blues are in St. Louis... It, it, until recently, didn't translate to more than 50 miles outside of city limits. I mean, down at Cape, yeah. you had some Blues fans, but it wasn't until like they built hockey rinks down there that it became big. Yeah. And so that time frame, I didn't realize that was a big rivalry. 
I mean, certainly I knew because I watched SportsCenter all the time that the Avalanche, how good they were. Yeah. And didn't they have uh, uh, Patrick – or not Patrick Wall. They, they had, had – uh, Patrick Wall. Did they have – yeah, okay. Yeah, they had Patrick – So they – so the long story short, they <laughs> – feel so bad for the people. Good, the good, fine people of Quebec uh, – Montreal or Quebec uh, – what is Quebec? Is that the province? Quebec City, Quebec. Yeah. yeah so yeah. Uh, they were a loaded team because they drafted Eric Lindros. Oh, Again, yeah. Again, yeah. we're talking about first-round picks or, or overall picks that didn't want to play. He held out. He didn't want to go there. So the Philadelphia Flyers sent just a boatload of picks and prospects that built the backbone of the Avalanche. And they just didn't know. And Quebec, had a- Quebec had no money. Like the ownership had no money, and they had to sell the team. Wow. And they went to Denver and won the Stanley Cup, basically their first year in Denver. Oh wow! And See, I didn't realize that. Yeah, but I mean, God, part of the documentary is just some of the hits that were like perfectly legal 20 25 years oh, ago yeah. oh my god yeah i mean you know uh this is sports center before it rem- people remember how great those commercials were mm-hmm. but what people don't remember is that those came from the brilliant mind who created nhl tonight commercials for uh nhl like yeah. black and white commercials where like uh they'd be sitting down on the court eating red wings just yeah. eating them you know and then not say anything they have those wings yeah Pretty weak. You know, it's stuff like that. So that guy did those first. That's cool. I didn't know that. And he once had one, and this was true. This was late 90s, and they were interviewing somebody, and I can't remember. It was noted tough guy. said, hey, there's a rumor that you would uh, put your mom into the wall to, for your team to score a goal. He goes, well, that's... He goes, that's been exaggerated a little bit. And they're like, oh, yeah? He goes, yeah, because I wouldn't raise my elbows. But raising your elbows was a big deal on people. They would clock people hard right in the head. Oh, God. Man, one of the, I mean, some of these hits, a guy just broke his jaw. And like, oh, it's, Ooh, and it's dirty, worth watching, dirty. though. It and was it, Now, does it cover is McSorley? Is that why you were talking? No, about? no. Just talking about how uh, superstars like McSorley used to, you know, High-profile guys like Brett Hall would have a Tony Twist. Oh, yeah. Attached yeah, yeah. to their hip to make sure they didn't get fucked with. Yeah. Um, that's where the goon. That's what yeah. the goon was. Yeah. For those and that don't so, know. Uh, yeah, I mean, but back in the day when they used to have, like, line brawls where here come the goalies and Patrick Wall comes out at one point and he starts fighting yeah. the other goalie. And I don't think this is a hot take, but I do think that it, for some old heads, this is probably big. But uh, better hockey movie. Um, the, the big ones are, uh, uh, what's the... The Paul Newman uh, Slapshot Slapshot or uh-huh. Goon? I would probably watch Goon. I Goon Slap- is a great movie. I feel like Slapshot's overrated. I, d- I do a little bit too. Now, I get why the Handsome Brothers are so popular. Yeah. They were characters. Yeah. But Goon is a great movie. Goon is a very good movie. Yeah. Uh, well, my favorite hockey movie, though. You want to go, pretty boy? Youngblood. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Youngblood. Youngblood's a good. Yeah, it's a good one. You even saw boobies in Youngblood. I mean, so. it, it, to quote Bill Simmons, uh, Youngblood has the best ending of any movie ever. He scores the game-winning penalty shot to win the championship, beats the shit out of his nemesis, yeah. and then bangs the coach's daughter. Yeah, that's it. That's the <laughs> that's hat the, trick. That's, that's the, the real hat trick. Yeah, uh, yeah that's fun. Uh, yeah, well, that's good. That's good news. I mean, that David Perron thing, I know, certainly got the Bluesers in an uproar. It didn't make sense. It still really doesn't. Um, I guess they valued Nick Letty more than David Perron, which... Was it a Is value it thing or a money thing? They only had so much money, and so yeah. they they had about eight million dollars to play with, and they gave. Uh, was it one of these things where they say, "Well, he's ninety percent of Peron, but we can get him at sixty percent of the price"? No, it's probably all right. Who's the first one that's going to sign the deal? Okay, yeah. And Letty's. I mean, we only have eight million. You got to sign like six other guys. Yeah. It was basically your Letty or Peron. They like Letty. I'm not a huge fan. Uh, yeah. 
So they're that tied on cap space? Oh, yeah, they're right at the cap. Mm. Which is what you want your team to be. Which, yeah, yeah, that's right. You don't want to be the underspenders like Pittsburgh or Oakland in baseball, and you want, don't want to get yeah lose draft picks like L.A. Dodgers did this year because they were so far over. And the, so. blue, the Blues are – they have a strategy like I use in fantasy football where – and when I do auctions of fantasy football, they rather surround themselves with a bunch of like second line guys, yeah, than pay for stars. Like their highest paid player, I think is Tarasenko, and he's getting paid like seven and a half. Okay, yeah. well, I guess no, actually now it's Robert Thomas because Robert Thomas signed an eight year, uh, eight million dollar extension. Is he worth it? Yes. Okay. Well, that's good. At least they're, when they do spend it, they're spending it the right way. I guess. Yeah. I guess you got to trust them. We got a Stanley Cup out of this regime, and they're they're not. Even when they're bad, they managed to get them fight their way into the playoffs. So uh, again, recently, again, a guy who I've not read or listened to in years, but Bill Simmons in our quote that uh, always resonated with me. What he said is, "When your team wins a championship, your GM gets a five-year pass, where you just go, you know what? I'm going to trust that he knows more of what he's doing than what I that I do. But after five years." Criticism, fair to game. You know, Mozeliak is a perfect example. Yeah, yeah. Overall, his resume is going to be—he's going to be remembered very fondly in this town. But his track record, the last four or five years, we've let some good, talented players. Yeah, down. look at Sandy Alcatara down in. Yeah. I mean, he's just tearing the league look apart at, right look, now. Look at uh, look at Marp in New York. They're gonna—they're gonna put him in the yeah, Hall of Heroes. Yeah, I would. Uh, I mean, I, that one is. That's different because Carpenter didn't. He did a lot of things in the offseason, which he should have been doing here to get better. Um, I think he needed that as a wake up call. Well, the Rangers passed on him, too. You're also in a home run friendly environment in uh, uh, New York. No one won. New York signed into a minor league deal. Yeah. Uh, you know, so, and he just grew that mustache, started banging the goddamn ball all over the park. Uh, I think that's just a lesson to everybody. Uh, speaking of home runs, we did see back to back home runs uh, in. Colorado in Coors Field. Okay. They don't shoot fireworks. Instead, they turn off the lights real quick and do like a big bright light show. And then they turn them right back on. Okay. It's cool looking the first time. And then we saw back to back. So the second time, and Hayden couldn't get her phone out quick enough to do it. But I was like, if it happens the third time, I just want fireworks. Maybe there's an ordinance against fireworks. So, it's a dry climate. so uh, smart. So how many stands have you been to roughly? 12? Maybe 16. Okay, and you'd put this top seven? Yeah, yeah, it's a very good ballpark. Okay. It's a very good ball. It's a pretty good-looking ballpark. Um, you know, yeah, yeah, it's a good... I, I feel like I, it usually ranks in, like, the top 10 or 12. Yeah, it's a very nice ballpark. What's the worst one you've been to? Uh, for the money, Yankees, new Yankee Stadium. Okay. I think it's a shit bat hole. I think it's built like the old cookie-cutter stadiums. you got all the ramps like you had to in Bush to go up the level. Old Bush. Yeah. Bush 2. Um there's they got this cool city skyline. They blocked it with all these fucking billboards and scoreboards. Um, now, yeah, it's cool to have uh, Monument Park. Yeah, but it's right there in the middle, and it's covered by nets. And if you're not in Monument Park, it kind of looks like shitty from above. Um, it's just there's nothing, and, and it's almost like they designed the field first, which oh. is, and then everything else was kind of an afterthought. Much like a lot of New York, it felt like their stands and their their their. Uh, like their team store was, it was just completely shitty. Like no one values their job. Cardinals team store is immaculate inside. Yeah, um, true. Petco's were were beautiful. PNCs were actually beautiful, and they don't got anything to fucking sell. <laughs> you know, um, but like, yeah. But but honestly, even though and so, but this is a, a loaded question for me too because the two worst stadiums I've ever been to, 
were also the two most amazing stadiums because of the history, and that's Fenway and, and Wrigley. Oh, you have Fenway. Oh, see, Fenway's Fenway's probably my second favorite. See, I love the the atmosphere. The when I was there, but for six six guy, it's the worst ballpark fair, in the world. Very fair. And and, and they, hell, I was cramped there, and I'm five yeah, seven. And Wrigley, I now I've heard I haven't been back since Wrigley's done all the cool outfield stuff. I heard Wrigley has upgraded the bathrooms, and that whole left field is awesome. Okay. Now, that that's great. That's what it needs. I don't want them to get rid of either one of those stadiums. But in terms of the, like, is it a cool building? Unbelievably so. Is it a comfortable building, Fenway? Not in the least. I, yeah, because yeah. I, I guess, I mean, if you think about it, when they built that stadium, it was for people who were like 5'4". Yeah, average height was probably 5'3", five, 5'4". Five, now yeah. it's like six foot, you know? Yeah, very, okay, that's a fair point. But I, no, but it, but but as terms of the history, the ambiance, the atmosphere, yeah, I loved it. I just, actual building, it's a, it was a shithole. <laughs> the worst stadium I've been in, the two worst ones for me are whatever they're calling White Sox Stadium now. I feel like it's always got some... I've see. Stupid I've name. never been there. To Stinks. Old Kaminsky Park, Southside, like whatever. Guaranteed rate field. Huh? Yeah, it's and then uh, Great American Ballpark. I thought was very. Oh, I get that. Uh, yeah, I get that. Um, I, I also Kaufman up and I. You know, they spent a lot of money to update Kaufman a little bit. Kaufman ha- had the fountains and it had the big scoreboard. But Kaufman was nothing to write home about until they won the World Series or got cl- up there. Uh, let's see. I was in Kaufman last in 19. I've been Kaufman three times. Kaufman's good. I'd say that's in my... I it's would, average. For me, on top of my head, Dodger Stadium one, Fenway, Wrigley, Petco, Brave Stadium, Bush three, Miller Park, Houston... Yeah. Miller Park's awesome. Uh, I've been to New Houston. Bush 2, uh, Red Stadium, and then Black, or whatever the White Sox thing is. I feel like I'm missing like two or three. But I, I, Miller Park's awesome. Yeah, yeah, it's good. And I, I've not it's been a fun to, atmosphere. I've not been to the New Houston. Like I know it's been out a while, but I'm old enough to where I can remember going to the old one as a kid. So my Houston story is uh, we got like a loge boxes, so like would be like the equivalent of Redbird Club at Bush Street. Yeah. Uh, so I'm a big proponent of, like, if I'm going to a stadium, like, if I can, I'll get the best seats I can because I'm yeah. going to be here once. So we did that for that game. Um, and so we're walking around. They're playing the Cardinals. And somebody's wearing a Stavanoa jersey. I'm like, I say a little too loud to my uh, brother-in-law, like, who wears a Nick Stavanoa jersey? <laughs> and the guy goes, his brother? I'm like, fair enough. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. <laughs> now, I will say this. Uh, speaking of Coors Field, um, Maybe the cheapest good time we've had of all the ballparks we've been to recently. Okay. I got uh, one section over from the home dugout, the very first row on the field, seats one through four, for $200. Dude, that's awesome. Yeah, I was like, that was a no-brainer. That's what happens when your team's been bad for us. Yeah, yeah. But still, it, the ballpark was pretty full. It was a Friday night, and it was a fun night. Nice. When the it kind of a little bit of rain came after a very hot week, so it cooled down a little. There you go. Yeah, just a good time. But uh, hey, we talked about a lot of stuff already. And I was trying to do what the people wanted to not talk about wrestling. But you're here. Yes. You might as well hit it. Let's talk about wrestling. Let's I know you got some thoughts. Uh, well, I'd say my first thought off the gate is this is definitely AEW's worst run right now, right? I. I can tell you, and I, I've been waiting on. I was waiting for you to bring it up. I can tell you this: if you want to judge how interesting it is, I haven't watched very much in the last four to six weeks. Mm-hmm. Like I've been more reading the highlights. Yeah. And before that, 
I woke up the next morning and almost watched religiously in the morning as I was getting ready or if I worked from home. I haven't watched a lot lately. I'm mostly still watching Dynamite. I'm like that with Rampage now. Where I, if it's not a live Rampage, I don't really watch it. I feel like Rampage is where you should really work the Ring of Honor and the mid-carters, and I get it, but it's... Uh, Full of Rampage needs to be two hours. What, you think Rampage needs to be two hours? Yeah, I, but it also needs to be a separate show. Maybe they just can't afford I that yet. I think you do, you do it where you have... That's where you develop your mid-card stars. When I'm Rampage is good, they should be having Hook and Jade wrestle every Friday on those shows. I don't like Jade. Oh, I disagree. Big time. I think she's still too stiff. Okay. I think she almost hurts a lot of people, and that's the rumor. Okay. She's getting better. Yeah. She hurt a lot of people in that first like few months. But I think her mic skills are awful, and I think who they oh, paired yeah, her with. Ah, uh, that cut the shit, Tony. I don't. I, that's all right. She's stiff. Okay. I think she's stiff on the mic. I commented on one of your posts on Twitter. Yeah. With somebody, I think she's stiff on the mic. Now, on paper and in her look, she is a no-brainer. Yeah. Uh, yeah. She's she's got all the talent. She should be when she gets a little more seasoned, going for the title, and she should be a menace. She's a she's a Without being, you know, sorry, uh, you know, we don't apologize for stuff anymore. Sorry for all the fat women out there. She's a true wrestling big woman. Yeah. Without being a big woman. Oh, she's ripped. And she's 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 tall. She's yeah. strong. She's China. New two point only more athletic. That, I mean, the one thing I have, uh, I guess, if I'm going to have a point and issue out is, who do you have on the roster that you see beating her? Not only is that person. Well, but that's the thing. If they do, if they write it well, they have some. Gr- when they do have someone, even if it's an underdog in a CM Punk or no, Brian, here's what they're gonna do. They're gonna have when her contract runs out. They're gonna bring Charlotte over. Oh yeah, yeah. and that's who it's gonna. Be. Well, that's been a rumor for a while because of Andrade. Yeah, Il- yeah. Speaking uh, of which, what do you think about him and uh, Ric Flair's last ride? You know, Ric Flair wants to have a last match, and those the guys. The if you look at the names in the match, he'll be protected. Oh yeah, and yeah. that's so. Normally, I would tell you, ugh, but you know, much like the reason, I think it's a feather in the cap of Kevin Owens that they chose him to wrestle Stone Cold because it's a great hand and a guy that can protect him. And Stone Cold's a smart enough wrestler. I don't. The difference between Stone Cold and Ric Flair, I think they're both brilliant wrestlers, and yeah. Ric uh-huh. Flair's an all-time performer. But I think Stone Cold's got a realistic assessment of himself, so he also knew how to take care of himself. Sure. I think Rick needs those hands in there to take care of him. That's true. Yeah. Uh, it should be good. Uh, but, I mean, I'm not going to bash AEW too much, though. I mean, seven of their top ten wrestlers are hurt. Yeah, yeah. Or they're, they're, missing. They room. had a big, rough two, three months. Yeah. They, they come off, though, for Bidden Door was awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was the other pay per views and this fighter fest has been. I, here's the thing, I Eddie Kingston has become their DDP. You know when DDP was that grassroots campaign, got himself over, worked his ass off to be the star. And I'm not a big Eddie fan. Uh, he bores me, I'm and I, and I'm super tired of the Jericho Eddie feud. I couldn't agree more. Hopefully, it's blown off tomorrow. Hopefully, and for me, for me. The best thing they have outside the Death Triangle, you know what a fan I am of that, yeah, uh, is the Blackpool Combat Club, yeah, and I don't want them locked into that feud. They keep getting sucked into it, you know, the, uh, especially now that Cesaro, whatever he's going by now, uh, I think Fozzie goes on tour this fall. So I, Jericho, I saw that, yeah. So Jericho will go away. 
Which is probably why they're giving him this. Uh, but, like, uh, what's Cesaro's name? In Claudio Castellano. Yeah, Claudio. He's, I've been waiting for that guy to be a star forever. Because he was, and he tried getting himself over in WWE, and and the fans were certainly on his side, and yeah. the smart marks. But he's not a Vince guy. But he has all the ability to put on a great match of any kind. And him in the Blackpool, I like the fact that he's got a title now. Or, or didn't he win a title? Or no, he's going. He's up. Who? What? No, who did he just beat? He beat somebody. He big. beat uh, Jake Hager. Yeah, he beat Jake Hager, which I think's a big feather in his cap, and I think he's. I guess. Well, I mean, you you beat a tough guy. Sure. Early in your career, uh, I think Claudio's one of those guys that could go get that TNT or that uh, what's the TBS or what or no the other one the mid Mid Atlantic or whatever. What's the other title? The yeah. they, I, All Atlantic title or something. Like that. Oh, yeah, well, I, I do. I don't even know who has that. Is by pocket? the uh, yes, yes. Okay. By the way. I know it sucks to. I know it's weird to say, but I like all the titles. It's very new Japanish, so I think there should be rules about the titles. Like I think the TNT title should have to be defended once a month on TNT. It's supposed to be every show. That's well, how it originally. I don't was. think. I think you don't. I think that's silly in the with how hard they put the, they they are on themselves. I think that's what got that belt over back during the when Cody was wrestling like independent guys every yeah, week. Yeah, that that's was cool. pretty fucking cool. And I don't mind that. Yeah. But, you know, it should be defended at least once a month and that wrestler should always be on TV. Yeah. Um I think the All Atlantic whatever the stipulations are to come with that, but I think Claudio could get one of those titles and really help it. I think if you come up with a European title like WWE has oh, the, the next NXT, one, the next one is a trios belt. They've been that's been removed. I don't even want to hear about it anymore. I don't want to hear the Freebird uh, title. Well, anymore. so I got how just you, because they've been teasing it for so long. Well, I think because they wanted Kenny to come back, but that's just been. I know. I heard the rumor today is they think he'll be back for All Out again. I know that's that seems like easy booking for us as critics. Yeah, I just don't. I mean, maybe what, it will be. Do you want to see the Hung Bucks? No, no, I'm not saying. I, I look. I, I would like to see somebody come out of nowhere to get it for the first time, kind of like they did with the TNT. Their tag titles, just they're they're uh, they're going to get to the Hung Bucks. They they've been teasing this, and there's something there's fun things you could do with the Hung Bucks if the, if the Bucks turn face, which it sounds like they will, and they they reconnect with. And they almost did, and then they went super heel again in the same episode. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, did you watch last BT? Mm-mm. Where they lost the title, obviously, and they're walking in the back, and Hangman's looking at him, and kind of walks away. Oh, they're... I'm all on board with the Hangman Bucks thing. I know it, my my friend, my good friend Ryan is like, what is with these guys and thinking like, grown men worried about their friends? It's such high school bullshit. I completely understand. I I, I don't mind the gimmick. I will say this. I like Hangman, so what I'm about to say is is going to hurt your hurt, hurt a little bit. I'm getting the flame right here to turn. I don't. Think, I think one. I don't think that he was as big outside of AEW fans. I don't think he was big at all outside of AEW fans. Hundred percent. I think they did a great job with the story, and then they completely fumbled it. And I think they hurt him as a character by doing it. Uh, so a lot to pick apart there. I would say the title run was lackluster. Yeah, too, um, too many blood and guts matches. Yeah. Um, Didn't invest in a real quality opponent. No, I mean the Daniel Bryan matches were great, but I think it didn't bring in any new business. Uh, the, punk, the the way they booked the Punk thing was kind of weird. They kind of yeah, like no, they teased him being a heel, which, and did not surprise anybody that Punk won. Didn't surprise uh, the world. No. So now here's what's going to happen. Oh boy! 
So whenever Hangman wins the belt again, okay, when he goes for it, the Bucks will second him this time. Because that's what started the whole drama. Because uh, the Bucks would always second Kenny in his matches against Okada. Yep. When Hangman asked them to second him against Jericho, they refused. Yeah. So when it comes full circle, they'll. Be- I give them credit. They have no. long-term storytelling, and I think that that will be a good moment. But here's my final thing, and I, again, this is where it's going to make you mad. I don't think he's the star that you want him to be. I think he's a great wrestler. I think he's, but I think they've devalued him by bringing in so many previously over guys. Yes, hundred percent. And I don't think that he's going to. I think that he, the butts and seats that he brings, they're there. They need to keep putting. They get need to still find a way to get them new butts and seats, and that's your CM Punks and your you know those guys. And they, we still. Ha- I mean, here's the thing: they have yet to homegrown a superstar. Now they're young. They're early. It's very early. They shouldn't. But, I think they've got one. And they're trying with Wardlow. Yeah, they got MJF. And <coughs> but again with MJF, um. He obviously thinks he's a bigger star than he is, and I think that that is it. But we've not seen a payoff, and we've also not seen him strike the rocket ship to him and let him carry the company. So we don't know. He's got to come back soon. Otherwise, they've, it's completely cooled off. Yeah, and I don't think a good gimmick is teasing leaving to go to WWE so much. I think that hurts your company. So you got to lock him up, and you got to let him do more than just what he's done. What he's done has been brilliant. Right. But at some point, kind of like I told you with Hook, at some point, and I think they did a good job with Danhausen to give him something else yeah. for a little bit. Because at some point, it's just like, all right, you got to cool him off a little bit. You got to either you got to cool him off a little bit, or you got to evolve him into the next step. And just the same old thing all the time. MJF might be the greatest guy in the modern era at keeping kayfabe. Yeah, he's an asshole on purpose. Yes. Uh, Apparently he is a very nice guy. Yeah, yeah. No, and I, I buy it because no one is as mean as him, which makes me like him more. Oh, yeah. But uh, they just either... I, I would kind of like to see a face run out of him where he doesn't care about things. He will When he comes back, he'll be, when he comes back, he'll be a he'll, huge face. So you can never do Stone Cold again. But what you can do is turn up the volume or be a next level kind of Stone Cold, and I think MJF could be that. Stone Cold never stopped being Stone Cold. Right. They just started cheering for him. If MJF is like just a little bit worse of a heel than Stone Cold was, and they're going to start cheering for him, and I'm like, okay, well, that's kind of the gimmick that you need to go for. I guess the question is... Get rid of the ring, by the way. I don't want to see that ring anymore. I hate that gimmick. Yeah. Yeah. Who do you have MJF when he comes back feud with? That's a problem. What you do is you, you you have him feud with someone like a punk again or something. That could work. We turn punk heel. Yeah, well, and that needs to happen probably anyway. Yeah. Because he's good at both. Um, but you eventually, you you got to steer the boat back to MJF versus Wardlow and have a really great match. Yeah. Because he was destroyed by Wardlow. And so we want to see it. And it's MJF, and that'll where you really test both. That's your uh, who's the bigger face, and it's going to be MJF. As much as I like Wardlow, and he's fine. I know he's got uh, Power Bomb City instead of Suplex City. He's, he is a very oddly carbon copy of Brock Lesnar without really being Brock Lesnar. Yeah. Um, 
and I think he's gonna. I think he's way better on the mic than I gave him credit for. Warlow's great. Yeah, uh, I knew Warlow was gonna be great when they had a BTE where they all all the Dark Order gave him Valentines. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> that's funny. But so, but but his gimmick of of how dominant he is. That works for Brock Lesnar because there's a believability because Brock Lesnar's been a real fighting champion. Yeah. He's, uh, with Wardlow, even that's going to kind of... And now I was excited to see him and Orange Cassidy can work with everybody. Yeah. And that was a better match than anybody expected it to be. I'm... I have very mixed feelings with Orange Cassidy. I love him. I know we've talked about it. I love him. Yeah. I like him more than I don't like him. But I, I have Jim Cornette in my brain sometimes telling me how much he hates his little dog pockets. And I'm like, yeah, he does kind of suck. But then he puts on great matches. I mean, He can wrestle a match, man. Oof, he ma- can, he it, can sell. His offense is believable. Him versus Will Ospreay was by far the best match oh, in the and it, That match was great. Yeah, And that was the reason because both of those guys are unbe- off the chart in, in athleticism. And, yeah, I, I mean, I don't know that – I don't think physically – Guys like Darby and and, uh, uh, and Orange have longevity because their bodies just can't hold up for how small they are. Orange is like close to my age. Yeah, which, he's way older than you think. Yeah, yeah. Which means I don't think he's got long long in the tooth here. But but Darby, Jesus, Christ. Darby's the next Jeff Hardy. Oh well, yeah. Luckily, Darby's sober though. Yeah, straight edge. Like he's a little. He's Jeff Hardy meets uh, CM Punk. I'll tell you, he's been cutting some good promos lately. He's Matt Hardy. Yeah, they. Got- I think he's got another. Another act. They got to get him over so they can get Jeff back. I I wouldn't bring Jeff back. I wouldn't either. I mean, how many times? Fool me once, you know. Yeah. Fool me twice. Fool me 16, 16 times. I just hope he doesn't pull a Sonny and kill somebody. Oh yeah, yeah, no doubt. Yeah, or do porn where she gets railed in the butt. I mean, he, that would be weird if he did it. <laughs> she pooted. <laughs> uh, so what? But what are you excited about though? And uh, you know what sucks? Here's what. Here's how. I don't want to say bad because I still don't think they're doing bad, but they've been less the not right now. I think you uh, they've been a little less stellar lately. Is that that Cody stuff in WWE was so fucking entertaining that it kind of pulled my attention over there? And nothing in WWE pulls my attention, but Cody, man, he went over there and said, "Hey, by the way, this is the guy that got over in New Japan. I'm an unbelievable worker." And yeah, those AEW fans turned on me, and they should have. Yep. But for whatever reason, WWE, they embraced it, and man, he worked some matches. It'll be interesting to see when he comes back. Cody can go. I mean, here's another thing that my friend Ryan once again brought up. Give you a shout-out, Ryan, if you're listening. Yeah, he's the unofficial third host <clears throat> uh, of this podcast. Uh, the booking's gotten bad since Cody left. Oh, 100%. Yeah, WWE's booking is a problem. And, no, I mean, AEW's Oh, ADW. Yeah, you yeah, know, 100%. Yeah, and same in WWE, though. Yeah. With Cody out of the picture. Uh, WWE, by the way, there's a problem they have right now is, you know, they're PG-13 now, or PG-14 or whatever it is, so they're... Le- I, did, I did not watch Raw Monday. How was it? Did they do anything like... No, it's awful. Well, I mean, they like tell somebody to go shut the fuck up Logan, or something? Or? No, lo- they just, they keep talking about his nuts and his balls. So instead of embracing what made them good in the Attitude Era, you know, clever, innuendo... They're just coming out and just saying Miz is small balls 16 times an episode, and all of the dirt sheets are like, we've had enough. This is over. Yeah. Now, pr- Lo- Logan Paul came out and did it this time. Uh, it was Ciampa came out and attacked Logan Paul, which was cool, because uh, he needs... Well, Brian Alvarez brought up a great point where uh, he was talking on Wrestling Observer how in SmackDown back in the day with The Rock and Mankind and all this is your life and all that stuff, that was actually PG. 
So yeah, yeah, yeah. Compared P- to some attitude stuff. era being considered PG fourteen is not necessarily true. Well, you did have um, the ex deep throating Kelbasa well, girl that could deep throat and things. There's like, a lot of it. Yes. Yeah, yeah, you know. But and even though the rock, it was like I was I, I alluded to a while ago. Even though the rocks was and it, it was an innuendo, Poontang Pie. We yeah. all know he was talking about, and that's the problem. They're trying to be edgy, but they're coming out and just saying balls over and over. Yeah, it's not working. AEW did a good job, and I think they kind of did it. They they kind of even they got it, Max Caster. <laughs> yeah, they also leaned in it a little too much because they were like, it was the first time you know that first few months when you were hearing shit and ass. Yeah, and flipping people off. I was like, oh okay, they're not. They're gonna. They're not. Their attitude error without saying it. Even they, though, there got a little bit to where it was shit all the time. Like it was. Yeah. It's kind of, the word makes more is more emphatic the less you use it. Right. Well, a blade jobs every way three, too. Every three. Well, we got shot. a Shark Tank match which has barbed wire. Which, oh. by the way, barbed wire has nothing to do with Shark Tanks. Yeah, but we do have. Well, I guess we don't have any more since uh, the acclaimed turned face. But I'm gonna miss Scissor Me Daddy Ass. Oh yeah. See, that's fun. <laughs> yeah. That's a lot more fun. Uh, yeah, you are right though. That the, the Cody booking has went down, and I wonder if that's because Cody and and uh, uh, his brother were allowed to Dustin were allowed to do a lot because you saw in that uh, I think they were helping a lot. Of, I mean, right now the only like segments I get excited about for AEW I, Christian is on fire right now. Yeah, and that's Christian because yeah. they let him be Christian. Yeah, but yeah, the Jericho Society stuff. Yeah. And I, I, again, I think although I do like uh, Daddy Magic. Yeah, and I think that the Jericho stuff would be better if there was other stuff to fill the time instead of just the Jericho stuff. Yeah. And 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 I also think the Jericho stuff would be better if we wouldn't be repeating the feud right. over and over. For the last six months or whatever. Yeah, it's been it's been a little, it's been a ton too much. Um uh, you know, what are you happy though that I, I are with Mox as the champ and again, his first run was way better than this run. Well, it's only been Three weeks. So. Yeah, it just feels forever though. It feels I'm like just, it's been. I'm not. I'm not a huge. Same promos every time. Same matches yeah. every time. Well, and so here's my problem with that. I am a huge lot Moxley guy, but you get the same promos and same matches if you have the exact same opponent all the time. And I don't mean the same person, but they they carbon cop. They gave him a lot of Japanese opponents. Yeah. And then you know you had Jericho for a while, and then they sucked him back into that feud, and then you you know it's like they. We, we said a lot that they need to build up that mid card on Rampage, but yeah. they also need to take the a page out of their own book for what they did those first six months of AEW and build some believable stars for the champ to make a run at the champ. Yeah, uh, I mean they got some talent over there. I mean, a massive talent. I don't think I think I'll tell you a guy who is totally underused is Ricky Starks. Oh, uh, oh yeah, Ricky Starks. I, I think they got more talent across the board than WWE now. Oh, hundred percent. Because but now, now what I will say is that WWE. Has a, I mean, it is the bigger program. There's a lot more production. There's a lot. And I tell you this: here's the other thing about WWE it drives me crazy. You know how they do black boast that their production is the biggest? The camera cut, camera cut, camera, camera cut. cut, camera cut gets on my nerves. Could you imagine seeing that when Stone Cold was stomping a mud holes at in someone in the corner? <laughs> yeah, just that I would drive me nuts. Yeah, it drives me nuts now. It's you don't have to do all the tricks. I can't believe they're doing Roman versus Brock again at SummerSlam. Whoa. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they gotta have someone beat Roman though, and they're and and it's, Cody's out. They'll wait. Yeah, aren't they doing Rock and Roman and R- Mania? That's just a rumor too. Ah, uh, who knows? 
Rock tweeted that his dance card's empty. Something like that when it, you know, so. Cody's the one they should probably Cody should, because you shouldn't have Rock beat Roman. Because Rock no. is older. He's not in wrestling. He's a star. They don't, WWE's even worse when it comes to stars. I guess they're going to fucking strap a rock into Austin Theory's ass. And, and I, Sorry, but, Theory. Well, here's the thing with that, though. He's been beat every week lately. Uh, he, so, well, he also may have gotten me, too. Yeah, I should say, he made somebody mad. Uh, maybe those memes about him being the guy that Vince paid off. You know, that was. Uh, I will say this, though, that if you take all the wrestlings combined and all the worlds, I think the best champ has been Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns in the bloodline has been believable. He's been great on the mic. He's been dominant. He's been. He's had some match. He's had great matches with. Uh, the Seth Rollins match was awesome. Um, I think that he's been a better champ for your company than anyone else has been so far. And I'll, keep in mind, though, I have not watched Joe in uh, Ring of Honor. Uh, I'm not going to disagree. The only one I would say... I, who's been the best AEW heavyweight champ? Oh, Kenny Omega. Okay. Yeah, I was, I mean, was going to say, that'd I mean, be the only one. But And he he's not the champ. But even when he was... I think just the sample size was way shorter than Rome, what, what Roman's do done. Been, do you think he's been the best champ in the promotion? I think the best champ in the promotion for AEW in the last three years was when him and Hangman were the tag champs. That was fun. Well, I do think that was good. I think that was good storylines, but I think, and I'm not pooping on Hangman, but I think Kenny Omega is the X Factor. I think Kenny Omega is one of the three or four best wrestlers on the planet in terms of entertainment oh, yeah. and ringability, uh, believability. I, I love he it. He gives that big match feel. All the time. Yeah. Yeah. All the, time. God the only problem, though, I had with him as a champ, and even though I think they could have done it without that dipshit, Callus, I did not like him on on camera at all. Kenny's a weird fucking dude. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Like, weird. <laughs> like, if it came out that, like, Kenny did something sexually deviant, I'd be like, yeah, that makes yeah, sense. But, oh, he looks, he looks like he could be. Uh, he looks like that would happen. Yeah. Yeah, he does. But, you know, I just watched a thing on Facebook today. It came up in uh, one of my video suggestions. Yeah. And it was him for the first time letting Japanese audience know he could speak Japanese. And he essentially cuts this whole big long promo on how the only reason he never spoke Japanese before is because he's a heel and he's not supposed to. But now you're just going to have to deal with the fact that I'm a heel and I can speak Japanese. Like, that's a big thing over there, yeah. you know. And so I, I thought, God, that guy's just smart. He's just he a is. smart guy. He gets mind. the business. Yeah. He knows that's the thing. Like, with Cornette and that, like, not liking them, I get it in some degree, but the Bucks and Kenny know the modern wrestling fan. And Cody, too, more than anybody else. They know how to get to yeah. our little nerdy 40-year-old and, and keep in mind, when I say this, keep in, uh, I'm going to preface this before I say it. I think that Jim Cornette's one of the top ten greatest minds in all of pro wrestling. I think Jim Cornette yeah. is as one of the top ten entertainment val- uh, you know, managers or whatever. Jim Cornette ha- is a massive reason on screen wise and even behind the scenes even in WB of why pro wrestling is popular but Jim Cornette doesn't know modern pro wrestling a fucking lick nope he's uh, one thing and even though I don't necessarily agree with some of the booking Bruce oh Bruce seems to be okay in adapting to new WWE I don't even think Jim Cornette he just, would, he just says yes to Vince yeah yeah but I don't even think Jim Cornette could do that no I, here's the thing with Cornette like Give or take his modern wrestling opinion. Some I like, some I don't. But what I can listen to him talk forever is like 
breaking down 1970s the territories. territory. I love the territories. Yeah, and I don't know two thirds of the people he's talking about. I just don't I love need, it. I just I don't it. need his opinions on AEW. It's not for you. You also aren't working anymore, yeah. and there's a reason. And it's not. It's not a bad thing. Ric Flair's coming back to work again, and Ric Flair's arguably the greatest wrestler to ever live, and he doesn't work anymore. So, you know, one more time. One more time, yeah. Like just like Stone so, Cold. Hey, are you going to come to the uh, pageant uh, wrestling? Uh, I want. I want to see a show in the Lord pageant. Yeah. When is the next one? It's. Uh, I want to say like whatever weekend, like the twenties of September is. I feel like that would be okay. Um, Obviously, all, that's in the middle of soccer season. Oh, it's at the right at the very beginning. I mean, soccer season goes. Soccer starts next week. Or essentially, this weekend because she has all American. Yeah. And we just got back from our rush fest, so she's had one week off from soccer. I'm gonna go. I had a really I, good time with Jay. I, I the the I the setup. I have to be there to see it. It's fun. I, it just reminds me of old school uh, uh, WCW or back when before they dropped the NWA part yeah. of it. That kind of arena where there's only really two sides or three sides set up. Three side, yeah. I love it. I, I love mean, it was it. so cool when Ethan Page came down. I mean, I could have like. Yeah, I I, I, I want to go. I keep a kayfabe. Yeah, oh, good, good, good. <laughs> I want to go. I definitely want to go. There's the only reason I couldn't do last we, ones. I was out of town. They got my favorite wrestler, Dan the Dad. That's right. I, and I got to see Dan the Dad. He's awesome. Uh, but yeah. hey, let's let's uh, unless you got something else you want to talk about, let's put a bow in that and let's do some quick hits on some other. Sure, things. let's do it. All right. Uh, anything pop culture you want to bring up other than? Uh, yeah, I started a new show last night. Uh, Station Eleven. I guess it's a mini series, not a show. Uh, are you familiar with the show? Are you familiar with the program? I know the book it's based on. I've okay. never read it. Okay. It's supposed to be a great sci-fi book. Yeah. I knew they were making a show. I heard mixed reviews about it. Okay. But I've never heard anything other than rave reviews about the book. Okay. Two episodes in the 10 episode miniseries. Uh, premise is it is a uh, post apocalyptic world uh, due to like a super flu, which might hit a little. Can't watch it. Kelly would consider this a horror film. Yeah. And, uh, and, and keep in mind, people, it was written well before the It was pandemic. written, I think, in 2005. Yeah, a long time ago. Uh, the premise is it follows. Uh, it, go, it, it does a lot of time jumping, which sometimes can be a little discombobulating. But the main character is a girl who um, is an actress, and she meets an Indian guy uh, a night of a show before the super flu hits, and she can't get a hold of her parents. So the guy's like, "Well, just come stay with me. We'll we'll figure it out." Well, yeah. by the time they figure it out, like everybody's like dead. So then it like jumps forward. She's an adult, and uh, you know, te- modern technology is not there anymore, and she is in a traveling caravan that does like. Old school wrestling, like a circuit every summer, and does Shakespeare plays for like people in these little communities. Okay, and then uh, a murder is afoot. Yeah, yeah. I I've like I said, I knew the plot and I've heard great things. Yeah. How, so what do you think of the show so far? You're only two in though. Two in. Should we reserve that judgment? Oh, gotta reserve judgment. It's good enough though that you're gonna finish it. Yeah. Okay. It's a keep it on Tommy's radar, if you will. Yeah. Uh, obviously, watch- that's a new segment. What's on Tommy's, What's radar? On Tommy's radar? Station Eleven. Uh, since last time I've been What's on. What's it now? The format, uh, the streaming platform. Uh, HBO Max. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Uh, I should watch it because I'm, I'm, I'm so far behind on shows. In the last, well, and I'm gonna. Uh, here's my throw it to Missy part thing. Here's the things I haven't caught up on. Okay. I've not watched Shorty yet or Shorzy. I haven't watched Shorzy yet. I want to watch that. Okay. Um, 
I haven't watched Only Murders in the Building Season 2 yet. I don't have Hulu, so I've never watched any of this. And I that would... show is awesome. Yeah, I've heard good things. Um, and those are both Hulu, so that's why you haven't seen either one of those. Uh, have you watched Letterkenny at all? Uh-uh. God, man, you got to buy Hulu. You will love Letterkenny. I can't. I just think the one streaming service I don't have. Yeah. Yeah, you might as well, I mean, might as well be in a completist and go uh, all out. All right. So I'm behind on those two things. Uh, and then outside of that... I think with Stranger Things done, and Missy and I just finished The Boys, and at some point we'll have a Boys Breakdown thing when we get other people that oh, watch so you want to do that now? No, let's let's bring Bender okay. in and we'll do I, it. I finished it. Would give you, no, give people another week. Was it the third season? Or yes, fourth? yeah, third. Four's coming. Okay, so would you rank them? Let's just do that real quick. Okay, if we rank them, I still think season one's my favorite. Okay. And then season three, and then season two. I would agree with you. Yeah. Uh, season three was really good. Yeah. Um, but, they very much deviated from the comic book in a lot of ways. Yeah, I, I read at least the snippets of how things go in the comic book. Uh, so. I think the comic book with the black noir is way better than the show. Okay. Um, but and they've done some other things, but I know you guys have talked about it on the show, but God, that actor, whatever his name is, whew, give that guy the Emmy. He plays There's it. a rumor oh, that he's going to be Dracula in the new Blade movie. I'm for it. Yeah? I'm for it. He's such a great actor. Yeah, yeah. And he, he's he been good every season, but this season he added so much depth to that white bread character that, it's, yeah. It's, I I think I texted the group. I know I've texted some other people. It's officially my top ten shows of all time. It's I, good. I, the boys it's are very good show. fantastic. It's a very good show. And it's funny. It's like the, they they the, did a great job, too, speaking of layers, though. One of the reasons I think you can say that yeah. is this season more than the others because Butcher was given layers. Huey, you know, has always been great. I think great. the character was Frenchy. Yeah, oh, Frenchy, though. Frenchy was, is, <laughs> him, you know, he's amazing. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a great, it's become a real ensemble cast that I really, really like. Uh, Mother, you know, yeah. they threw this out of nowhere at us, his OCD and his, you know, like, wow, they've, they've gave these, wow, yeah, they've gave these pretty, already likable and easy to understand characters a lot more depth without making them worse yeah fantastic show. yeah yeah really like it yeah so we finished that um and then i i mean i, I we're just it, i guess we're in that lull waiting for stuff right now that's where i am too i mean stranger things uh was fantastic it's my favorite season it, it, I uh, mean, no i wouldn't go that far i would <laughs> go uh one four two three I, I'll, I'll give you one for because it was a breakthrough this is my favorite because somehow it took all these dangling plot threads and made them all work. You know, I thought the boys in California stuff was boring. I thought Russia was hit or mix. Uh, everything in uh, you mean the boys in the Midwest? They yeah. left California and went yeah, to the Midwest. Uh, yeah, very hit or miss. And, everything in with eleven and everything in uh, I can't think of the fucking town in Indiana. What's Hawkins Hawkins was yeah. fantastic. Oh yeah, no, you're right. In California, I mean, and it's still, yeah. it's still as I, you know, you guys made fun of me on the show, but uh, Steve still has the poochie treatment. What, what's Steve doing? <laughs> Where's he been? That's the, what the uh, there's be a there's a lot of steam and smoke on the internet that Eddie will be back as a vampire. That these are vampire bats that bit him and attacked him, and he's already been dressing like. Uh, Eddie from uh, Iron Maiden, and so he can be undead, and but yeah, whatever. He's a great character, and I. Love I think him. the most emotional part was, uh, you know, telling his his uncle. You know, oh man, uh, that did. Get, I, that got, got I, got, I got. I got me. Good. That got me hard. Uh, not hard. They, they hit me hard. We got you. I got you. Uh, hey, so, maybe maybe I like Eddie that much. I don't know. So Nancy's got to end up with Steve, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Steve, and because yeah. Rocks. Um. 
What I, I said put a pin in something earlier. Steve Harrington should be in a X Files spinoff show where he joins the FBI or CIA after this, and I would he's, watch he's, the hell out of I that. think he certainly has a career outside of this. He's been in stuff. He was in that uh what was the name of that card game movie with Bryce Dallas Howard, or maybe that was her, I don't know, where she was... Uh, it's based on a true story about the woman that ran the illegal poker games in uh, uh, in L.A. Steve was in that. Okay. He's been in a lot of movies as a tertiary character here yeah. and there. But he... I easily could see him. I know Finn Wolfgard the, the, has been in... Uh, Mike has been in Ghostbusters, but he stinks. He can't act. Steve Harrington. Also, Will Byers. Can you stop crying, buddy. Yeah, they got to get they got to get him through this and give him make him a believe. Uh, a, I, I feel like well, they're like, going to do something with him in the next. Clearly, week. they're teasing that he's a gentleman for his company of own gentleman. And there's anything wrong the, with that. The, but. the actor came out and said that's going to be the case. Okay, uh, but uh, but I think the guy that plays Steve, what's his name? Uh, Joe, I want to say it's Joe Perry, but obviously it's a guitarist for Earth. <laughs> Equally great hair. Yeah. Uh, but he, to me, well, him and, and, and the, the, uh, the, the Hawk, Uma Thurman's daughter, uh, those are the two breakout stars of the show in terms of who's going to have the, it seems to be easily the most marketed towards film and other stuff. And, uh, the Hawk, uh, Robin, Robin, uh, is her character name. Yeah, Robin's her character name, but she's already she's already a musician. She just released a video and it's got a new album coming out. Yeah. And she's got the you know, she's the lineage. She got the bloodline. She's yeah. Uma Thurman and Ethan Hawks. Speaking of uh sorry to segue off of this, but that's what we do right now. Yeah, that's okay. We're done with uh, it. Uh I watched Pineapple Express last weekend. Had you never seen it? No. I love that movie. I was a little disappointed. Oh man, I love that movie. Three and a half out of five. You gotta watch it again. Here's the problem with with movies like Pineapple Express. If I saw that randomly before I saw reviews or the hype, five out of five. Yeah. But my expectations were way too high. I laughed my ass off in that movie. Bradley Cooper. (laughs) He's so great in that. Which one was he in it? He's the... uh, they go to his house for the water. Not Pineapple Express. Sorry. Licorice Pizza. What? Oh, I haven't watched that yet. Right. Vastly different movies. Yes. Sorry. Jesus I do Christ. love... That was a uh, Paul F. Thompson movie. Yes. Yeah, I haven't watched it yet. I love all his movies. I have... You're not the only person that's told me that said it's... At the end of the day, it's literally about nothing. Like, it's... They, they have a lot of businesses that fail or something. I, I mean, the, the, the people that I trust, like you... Um, have told me it's not it's not as great as everybody says it is, but Bradley Cooper's awesome in it. Yeah, it's it's a good movie. It's not great. Okay, like I want to see that. Uh, I did watch uh, another movie that's getting a lot of acclaim, and I can tell you it's a scary movie. Okay, but for my and Missy's anniversary, we we like I said we had this low key celebration. I said, well then we're gonna go home and watch a movie. We've rented the Black Phone. Still Speaking in theaters. of Ethan Hawke. Speaking of Ethan Hawke. Uh, I think Black Phone is as well made as a movie can be. Yeah, it's got good reviews. Uh, now, that said, keep in mind, I I think the first Saw is a well made movie. Like then they div- then they diluted the the pool after. Then, then it was a cash grab, baby. Yeah, but this movie, it's a scary movie, so to speak, and there is some scary movie qualities to it. But it's it's really just a. Th- supernatural thriller yeah and the supernatural part of it is what is so well done about it it's not like oh here's magic all over the place the supernatural in it is there to aid the hero the protagonist of the character which is the kid locked in the basement yeah and i'm not ruining it you know there's a guy going around kidnapping kids 
and this is in the first 10 minutes of the movie, you know the kid that's going to be the star? Well, his sister has the ability to dream of what things are go- can tell can tell the future and read things a little bit. Okay. And that kind of aids him throughout the movie. And it's the black phone. The phone is the, what the, the gist of the movie is all the previous victims are calling him on the phone. But how they set it up and how the whole thing plays out is pretty great. And he's not on the screen a lot and he wears a mask. But goddamn, Ethan Hawke is good in it. Have you ever seen the uh, Sunset movie trilogy? The is that the uh, um, yeah I've no, I've I've never watched. It. I I can't name them all, but I've only seen one of them. I think one's Sunrise, and I think Sunset. Yeah, right? and then he come out with the second one, and it There's, wasn't until they come out with the third where I realized, oh, these are a trilogy. Yeah, it's a trilogy. Yeah, and I hear they're great. I've heard they're very good too. I've never watched. He's them. great in Boyhood. He's great in uh, Great Expectations. He's a. He made this movie, and I talked about it when I watched it on a flight on here, called Juliet... Uh, What's Ethan Hawke's best movie? Ooh, that's a good question. It's got to be Explorers, right? I don't ever seen Explorers. The, 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 when they're kids... Or Flight of the Navigator. Which one was he in? That sounds right. I was going to say, uh, what's the one that Denzel won the Oscar for? Oh, that's that's a great movie. That's uh, and then, uh, we, Training Day. That's I, a great movie. I, I was about to say... Speaking of Stranger Things, I sometimes get him and Matthew Modine mixed up. It's like, wait, he was in uh, the well, high school wrestling you, movie, but no, that's actually Matthew You pose Modine. a good question, and if you have anything else to talk about, we certainly can. Uh, let me get my review on the Black Phone real yeah. quick. Uh, for me, it's a four out of five. Mm-hmm. Um, it, very, very good movie. But let's let's look at Ethan Hawke's body of work real quick. All right. Um, we got Moon Knight, which was... He was pretty damn good in Moon Knight. He was in The Northman. I watched The Northman. For me, that's about a three seven five out of 5. That was a great movie. Okay. Uh, but he's only in that short. Then he was in The Black Phone. I'm going to go back earlier because some of these are... Uh, the Good Lord Bird. I didn't watch that. Bender loved it. I should have watched that. All right. Um, he was in Tesla. I didn't see that. The Purge. The first Purge. He was very good. And that first Purge was a good movie. Um. Again, though, there's a lot of... he. Oh, Juliet Naked. That's a good movie. Okay. It's a movie about a woman who's breaking up with a guy, and she's got a, she's got, she lives in a little small town in Europe. Okay. And she posts on this message board, her boyfriend's obsessed with this, like, 90s uh, mythical figure who only made one album and disappeared. And she, when she decides to break up with him, she goes online and trashes the album, and a guy replies and says, you're 100% right. So they go back and forth. And it's Ethan Hawke is that guy that wrote that album. Okay. And he comes over to visit, and he is a deeply flawed, bad dad, and everything you would hate, you know, in a person, but he's lovable in it. And they have a little romance. And and it's got a... it's got uh, a guy that I, Chris O'Dowd, who I think is great in everything. He, he was the cop from uh, that um, bridesmaids. That was uh, oh, yeah, yeah great. He, he's great in everything. Uh, so let's get back though. Let's go. Magnificent Seven. He was in that remake. That wasn't bad. I don't even know what the phenom is. Uh, but man, he's been in so many movies. It's hard to go back. Missy and I watched him in another good scary movie called Sinister, okay. which was very underrated. Boyhood. Here we go. He was in Boyhood. Never saw it. And then Before Midnight. That's the movies you were talking about. Yeah. Uh, he was in the remake of Total Recall. I didn't know they did a remake. Yeah, it wasn't Recall. good. <laughs> uh, Daybreakers, which wasn't bad. Very underrated scary mo- or vampire movie. Uh, he had like what he had a lot of. Oh, New York, I Love You, which was a pretty good one. That was a uh, Woody Allen movie. Okay. 
Before the Devil Knows You're Dead, that's I believe that's another Woody Allen movie, which he was pretty good in. Uh, Lord of War, eh, Assault on Precinct 13, better than it should have been. Man, he's been in so many movies, it's hard to go back. Training Day's it. Uh, so, because I uh, just skipped all that, let's hit the high notes here, and I looked up his Wikipedia page. Okay, there you go. Explorers, which I've not seen. Explorers you, is right. great. You would love that movie. Dead Poet Society, but that's a Robin Williams vehicle. Yeah, but he is a big character in that. So is uh, to tie it all back, Licorice Pizza, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah, and then I never saw. You know what? I've never seen Reality Bites. I've oh, never, it's a good movie. Never. I seen wouldn't. It. I wouldn't say that's you know his best movie either. Those are the ones that he was uh, in Alive. Yeah, he's in Alive. I, mean, I don't remember what he was. Oh, he's uncredited in Quiz Show. Quiz Show. I love that movie. Start for the older stuff. Gattaca, that's a good movie. Gattaca's not bad. It's a good sci-fi movie. Yeah, we kind of run through it all. Great expectations. Yeah, I mean, I tell you this. Here's what you don't get when you when you're thinking of him. And I know we rambled here. He's got a pretty solid body of work. Does he have a lot of A pluses? No. But does he have a lot of Bs? hundred percent. Yeah, I'll take that. I'll take that. You got anything else? No. This episode might be a B minus. It was not our best one. <laughs> Okay, it though. A, it's summertime. It's fucking hot out. There's nothing going oh, on. It stinks. Yeah, we haven't and we haven't seen each other in a while to catch up on sports. <laughs> and, yeah, and I, I, no hesitation. Like, oh yeah, B minus. B minus for yeah. sure. Hey, you know what though? We'll take it. Hey, you know what? Sunday night I did something. I had three scotches. I had three glasses of wine. I had three beers, and then I bought a hundred dollars of action figures. What did you buy? All wrestling. All AEW stuff. I bought. Uh, you know, you did that wrong though. It's George Thorogood taught us anything. It's one bourbon, yeah. one scotch, and one beer. Yeah, it ended up being. And one, then you spend fifty dollars. It ended up being uh, one hangman, two bucks, one horse cash lady, <laughs> and a Wardlow. Kelly's gonna get that box next week while I'm working. She's gonna be like, "God fucking damn it!" At least we finished the episode on an A plus soundbite. Hey, let's go, uh, Mac and Chuck, and let's go, Blue. <laughs> We're playing the music.